Hello, and welcome to Successful, Single, and Not Willing to Settle, the podcast, where we show amazing women how to attract the perfect partner for them by embracing and showcasing their authenticity. All right. Hi, guys. I'm here today with a very special guest. I have Amber Renee. Um, Amber is a civil engineer, acclaimed fashion stylist, and leading e-learning specialist from Australia with three six-figure businesses under her belt. She has defied all the odds and challenges thrown her way to crack the entrepreneurial code and design her own dream life. And the biggest thing that I really want to plug in terms of Amber, I mean, aside from all those amazing things that I just said, is that she's a huge self, she's a huge advocate for self-love. And that's really what we're going to be tapping into and chatting about today. Hi, Amber. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to connect with you and your audience. Great cause and and great, uh, you know, I, I love what you guys are all about here. So thank you so much for having me. Same, same. So Amber, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, I have in your own words, like who you are, what you're up to, what you're doing now? Mm-hmm. So I have quite a, a, a crazy roller coaster ride of an entrepreneurial journey, as you find most people do. Uh, I think we all look at the, you know, hashtag entrepreneur life on Instagram and think it's this glorious, glamorous life, but really it's absolutely nothing like that. So my <laughs> business was a fashion design business. So I ran a manufacturing label. So I started that business uh, with me on a sewing machine. We made four shirts. We sold four shirts. We made eight shirts. We sold eight shirts. Five years later, I had 120 accounts around the world. We exported to Paris, Tokyo, LA, and South Africa. I did runway parades all around the world and dressed some of the biggest celebrities of the time, which back in the day was Paris Hilton. And Mm. this was before the internet. So to dress like a celebrity like that before the internet was kind of a huge deal. Um, So that business was amazing until it wasn't. So my manufacturer ended up going out of business, went bankrupt, and that forced me to go bankrupt. So that first business, which was my dream, you know, everything that I've always wanted since I was a little girl ended with me um, bankrupt. I found out I had cancer, I had stomach ulcers, and I was on all sorts of anti-anxiety, antidepressants. I'd basically worked myself to death or to near death. Um, So I swore that I would never, ever have another uh, business ever again. That lasted about a year. Turns out I'm a terrible employee. So I had to start my second business, which was a fashion styling business. So this was like a one-on-one consulting, uh, you know, freelancing kind of job. So that business, I started in a new city. I just moved. I had no contacts, no network, no uh, no idea basically. But I, within three short years, I had two of the largest contracts in the country. So I was the fashion editor for Women's Health and Fitness Magazine, a national glossy publication, and the resident stylist at our biggest radio and TV network. So I was dressing all of our biggest celebrities for events like the Cannes Film Festival. Um, I was working on all these TV and uh, TV shows, red carpet appearances. And at the time, I'd also been, uh, was able to pick up a job as the fashion TV um, fashion reporter. So I was the only fashion reporter in the country, traveling around to all of the fashion weeks, living my best fashion life, interviewing all the most glamorous celebrities in fashion and um, film. And really, it was just, you know, like a dream life. And the global financial crisis came along. And that basically saw the end of me running both of those businesses. So there was no money for TV presenting or fashion styling. That was the end of both of those. And a similar to what I, I, I'm assuming a lot of people are experiencing right now is a, a global event that's taken your livelihood away from you. So I, so I'd already experienced that during the GFC. Um, and, and then at the time, all that I had left was this knowledge. So I had all of this life experience of how to run successful businesses, how to run a fashion business. So I taught that in my very first e-course. Uh, so I sat down, filmed an e-course, 
didn't have any any of the knowledge that I have now about digital marketing and you know branding and selling e-courses and building funnels and all the things that I do now but I kind of learned it along the way and now as a, uh, as a result of this business I now have uh, four six-figure e-courses that are basically all on evergreen funnels. Um, one we're going to talk a lot about today, which is a self-love and a personal development course. One is a personal branding course. And I've also got a course that teaches you how to build e-courses and funnels. Now, the crazy thing is I would never have chosen this business because I was in fashion, right? You know, I didn't want to do tea. Like I'm not a tea. I never thought of, that I would be a teacher or that I would really be passionate about this business. But you know, I always say the universe lovingly pushed me into this. And it turns out this business is the first time that I feel most expressed and most fulfilled as a person because I get to do all the creative side, which is the, you know, coming up with beautiful imagery and creating great content, but it's also highly analytical. I'm a civil engineer by trade. So I love crunching numbers. I love data, reading, analysis, building funnels, all those kind of things. So this was the first business that I feel like I'm really expressed as a person. And it's just a, it's a, I, I, I'm sharing this with your audience just to let them know that um, if you're finding that the universe is lovingly pushing you out of something right now, which I know a lot of people are experiencing right now, I feel like you just got to trust that whatever is leaving your life right now isn't meant for you any longer, or it got you to where you needed to be. And now you're starting on a new journey, which I feel is um, where a lot of people are right now. I love that. And I, I 100% agree. So my, my former life, I was a teacher actually, and mm -hmm. felt completely like it wasn't in alignment with what I wanted or needed to do in my life. And it was weird to, to leave. Teachers don't leave their jobs, you know, until they're mm -hmm. retired and yeah. until they get that pension. And, and I just knew that I didn't want to be counting down years and that's how I was living. Um, so I love that you listen to yourself. And I think that's all part of that idea of self-love, right? So to love yourself enough to walk away from something or be open to trying something scary. So mm. um, that sounds like a lot of, well, part of your story. So tell us a little bit about how you tapped into this, this story of self-love and, and feeling like you want to bring that to other people. Mm. So obviously you know most of my heartbreak and 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 darkness has come from losing businesses so when i had my first business um when that uh went under it was it, you know i felt like i had lost a, a child like it was an extraordinarily difficult time uh with, you know steeped with a lot of depression and a lot of you know all of the shame blame guilt self-loathing that went along with that um, so I've certainly experienced great lows when it comes to the self-love journey. And I guess, um, there was a time when I was still in the second business. So when I was running my fashion styling business, um, I just moved to Sydney and I, I, I was having a really hard time dating. So I got to Sydney. I was, I was living in Melbourne. I dated all of the worst men. So, um, I know a lot of your audience is uh, sing single and not willing to settle. I love that. Um, I've dated a one of the probably the, the world's biggest narcissist, which really did you know, you know, a real big job on me. I've dated a serial um, cheater. So I was living with the man and he was cheating on me relentlessly. I knew that he was cheating. And every time I would accuse him of cheating, he would tell me that I was a crazy one, which really um, did my head in, in terms of made me really doubt myself. Cause I knew in my soul, like my intuition was telling me red flag, red flag, he's cheating. I would bring it up with him and he would say, no, you're mental. You're crazy. You're making things up. Mm -hmm. So that was good. And then I've also dated a pathological liar. So we were, again, you know, we were about a year in 
and he was just the greatest man. Like he was, I mean, he would go and do, um, what was it? He would go and feed the homeless every week and he was setting up this app and this was ages ago. This was, you know, 15 years ago before people were setting up apps and he was, you know, entrepreneur and all these things. And then I found out after about a year that he was feeding the homeless because it was community service and he, 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 had, mm. he, he had a drug uh, problem. So he had to go and do community service and there was no app. He was just going and smoking weed all day at his um, sister's house. So I've sort of been through a lot with men uh, to get me to the point where I realized if I keep on this journey, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm attracting and I'm allowing this sort of person into my life. So I can either do two things. I can eat, I can keep going on down that path. The worst one was the narcissist. And it was like, well, your next relationship, what's he going to do to you? Because the narcissist did a pretty bad job. Mm-hmm. So do you want to look for that again? Or do you want to work on yourself and figure out what's within you that's allowing that or attracting that within you. So um, I remember this one day, I, I can't remember what led me to that point, but I remember looking in my mirror and looking back at the person that was staring back at me. And I realized that not only did I not like that person, but I hated her with every cell in my body. And I just, there was nothing about her that I liked. I absolutely loathed everything about her. And I could not find a single thing about her that, you know, that I liked at all, let alone loved and I realized that that was, um, you know, that's not how I wanted to live my life. So I, 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 I just did the work, you know, and, and I'd love to say that it was just one thing. I just did one thing and it, and it fixed it, but it wasn't like that. For me, self-love took, I think the whole journey took about eight months of really diligent work. So I was in therapy every week. I was um, reading every single book, doing every single course, doing all of the things, doing the journaling, doing the mirror work, doing, you know, finding every little um, practice that I could find that would just flex that self-love muscle just a little bit more each and every day. So, um, and and that, you know, I had to learn all the things. I had to learn compassion. I didn't have an ounce of self-compassion. I had to learn um, self-respect. You know, I was letting these men treat me how they were treating me. That was me that was allowing that in. Um, so I basically had to learn from scratch all of these things about how to treat myself and what, what I, how I wanted to be treated. Um, and it was a daily, daily practice. And each, each time I'd think, oh, you know, you, you've sorted that, you know, you've sorted out self-compassion, good for you. And then the next day I'd wake up and be like, yes, but you still, you know, you, you're still disrespecting yourself. So now you need to work on self-respect. It's like, okay, great. So it just went on. To, it, it was quite a, it was an extensive and, um, ugly, I've got to say, journey with lots of ugly crying and lots of, um, you know, none of it was easy and none of it was pretty. Um, But I do, I did get to a place after, yeah, about really eight months of really deep work where I looked in the mirror and I just loved every single thing about the person that was staring back at me. And it's making me tear up just thinking about it because I just remember thinking, oh my God, you've done it. I really love you. I love everything about you. You're, you know, everything about you I absolutely love. And I thought, well, I'm going to, I'm going to commemorate that moment, right? Like that's a big deal for any person to get to in their life. So then I just started thinking, well, what can I do? What can I do? That's going to celebrate me and celebrate this achievement. Cause that's a huge deal to get to a place in your life where you really love the person staring back at you. And I thought, well, I'm just, I'm going to propose to myself. I'm just going to go and get a little ring and just, you know, propose. And so I started thinking about this and then I went and got just like a cheap, you know, you know, a a cheap ring 
from the whatever the, the 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 jewelry shop and i started wearing this ring around like an engagement ring around you know my home and around my friends and everything and everyone's sort of going what 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 is this what are you what are you doing you're engaged and i'm like yeah no i i'm engaged to myself i proposed and i would try and share the story with them and everyone would just look at me as though i was crazy and i'm like no no you don't understand like i this is a big deal and so it it it, it got to a place where i thought well i need to make I need to be more clear about this to everyone and I need to make an actual, you know, I want to go public with this because everyone's looking at me as though I'm crazy, but actually you guys are the crazy ones that you're the ones that are looking in the mirror and hating the person that you don't, that, that's looking back at you. So I went and got a proper ring and like an actual engagement ring that, um, you know, not, not like what, anyway, I got a ring, a beautiful one, got down on one knee, shot a, uh, proposed properly, shot a video and put it out on social media and the video got picked up by all these global news sites that, um, you know, ran that I was apparently this crazy person <laughs> proposing to themselves. Um, and so now whenever I wear the engagement ring and people are like, what? I'm like, just go and watch the video because it just kind of explains it a little bit better. I love that. And I, I think I just want to stop you for a second just to jump in. You know, we talk a lot about um, to our listeners and to our clients about the importance of inner work because I feel like what happens with women and I've, I'm curious what your opinion is. It sounds, I would love to hear your point of view. So mm-hmm. what, we, what we find and what we found personally, so me too, from my, from my personal life, that we get taught at a very young age that we are, we're not worthy of love unless we change things about ourselves, right? So we have to be thinner. We have to like certain things. We have to act a certain way. We have to be a certain way. And that kind of, we get a bunch of messages at us. Um, And then we go into these relationships, you know, trying to be this other person, not who we are. And that, that brings in that, how, how can you possibly love yourself if you're getting all these messages that you shouldn't be yourself, you need to be somebody else. So what we find is a lot of women jump from one relationship to another and what they're missing is what you're talking about. Not necessarily that everyone needs, you know, I mean, I think the self-love and the inner work that you're talking about is ongoing, right? We're constantly growing, but speak a little bit of how, how important it was to do that work. Mm -hmm. So in terms of the messages that we get told, uh, when I was growing up, I was told uh, I got love if I achieved. Mm. So as long as I was the best in the class, the smartest, uh, you know, the prettiest, the, like I I had to be the best at everything. Um, and that's when I got love. So if I bought home an A, I got love. If I bought home a B, well, that wasn't okay. So, and as a result, I was the top of everything. You know, I, I, I was, I aced school. I went to engineering, you know, I studied engineering. I got an engineering job in my second year. Like I was the smartest and, and, and succeeded at everything, which could be seen as a great thing, right? I mean, it certainly helped me run really successful businesses, but it's also been incredibly damaging when it comes to any kind of interpersonal relationship. Um, so, and yeah, absolutely. Like in all of my relationships, I molded myself to be whatever that man desired or what I thought that that man needed as his perfect, um, relationship and, and the, the narcissist, absolutely. I molded myself until there was not a single thing left of Amber. So I changed and, and absolutely took, he, he absolutely took everything away. So I remember when we broke up, and thankfully I eventually broke up with him, even though my mother said that I shouldn't despite the, because, you know, he was rich and he had the fancy surname and why would I ever want to leave someone like that? You know, someone that was yeah. emotionally abusive, but you know, he had lots of money. So, um, 
I remember getting back to my home because I hadn't stayed at, you know, I had this beautiful designer home, but I hadn't slept there for a year because the narcissist didn't want to be at his house. You know, God forbid we would ever go to my house. And I remember returning home eventually and I turned on the TV and I was looking at the TV going, I have no idea what I like to watch on television. Mm. And then I went to the fridge and I opened the fridge and I thought, oh, I have no idea what I like to eat because he had told me what I would eat every meal for a year. And I thought, oh my God, there's, there's something seriously wrong with that, that I, you know, there was nothing left of me after a relationship. So yeah, I certainly know what it's like to mold yourself until, you know, until, until there's nothing left, which is, is not a pretty journey for anyone to be on. Right. And when we, I mean, that is to such an extreme degree and, and Hi guys, it's Amy. It's time for a sponsor break. We'll be back very, very shortly. See you then. Hi, this is Amy. Are you successful, single, and not willing to settle? Are you ready to end the relationship patterns that you've fallen into once and for all? Are you ready to hold on to that self-love you know you have outside of a relationship, even when you're dating or in a relationship? If you're ready, Jen and I have a special announcement for you. We are offering a three-module course on doing the inner work now before going out to your next relationship so you can break those patterns of picking the wrong guy or acting like someone you don't even recognize when you're with someone else. And for a limited time, we're offering all of this gold for just $37. I'm telling you, this work that we do with our high-ticket clients is priceless. But we know that we're all stuck inside right now, and we know that we're hurting. And maybe you've decided to put dating on hold for a little while, but this is actually the best time for you to be focusing on your number one, and that is you. So grab hold of this program now before prices go up. Give yourself the gift of focusing on you, ending those old thought patterns, and get ready to show who you really are to those who are lucky enough to meet you. Go to www.successfulsinglefemale.com slash programs and click on the program, Get Ready for the Next Relationship, The Inner Work. Or you can click on Successful Single and Not Willing to Settle at the bottom of our show notes, and that will take you to the program as well. Grab it while it's hot, ladies. Take some time to take care of you so when we can finally open up the doors and go back out dating, you are ready to roll. So narcissism... Um, we've heard described as like the secondhand smoke, right? So everyone around the narcissist gets sick because of it. Um, and even onto a lesser degree, we, we push this so much because there's so much out there about looking a certain way or acting a certain way, or, you know, if you're at all, if any of your traits are strong, hiding those on dates in the beginning so that you're coming across as more feminine in order to get the guy. And we're all like, if you pretend to be someone who you're not, you know, at some point you're going to be like, well, who the hell am I? You know, and you're going to start to get pissed off that like you're in this relationship and you don't know who you are. And how do you breathe in that when what we're really looking for, if we are looking for a partner, it's someone who we can come home to and be ourselves with, right? It's not someone who we're going to have to pretend like we go out in the world and we have to be professional and we have to act a certain way at our jobs. Like you don't want to have to do that when you get home too. So, um, I love I think, that you, go ahead. 
Well, I think your audience would, would really um, feel this as well. So you're successful, single and not willing to settle. Um, I'm, you know, in my late thirties, I really should have, should have <laughs> settled by now. And I've found, uh, especially since moving to Sydney, which is what I was saying, I was about to say at the start, I found myself shrinking whenever I'm on dates. So mm. I show up to a date and I, and, and I would know as soon as I sat down that I'm more successful than this man. I'm probably earning more money than him. I'm definitely living a better life than him because I'm, you know, I'm location independent. I work from wherever there's Wi-Fi. So anyone who's stuck in a nine to five is usually pretty, you know, a little bit intimidated by my job. And, um, and, you know, I, I've done a lot of TV. I do a lot of, you know, stuff, you know, I've got a, a few followers on Instagram. So again, people find that combination to be quite an intimidating combination. So I found for a couple of years when I wasn't having a lot of luck at dating, I was like, well, Amber, you need to just not tell them what you do. And so, you know, I would sit down on first dates and they go, what do you do? And I go, oh, nothing. I just kind of do a little bit of blogging and stuff. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm running this media empire over here, you know, and then, and, and I would also, um, and then I would also dress down. Like I'm extremely glam. Like I love beauty and fashion. And, you know, obviously I'm a fashion editor. Like I, I'm all about the glam. And I would go to these dates in like, jeans and flat shoes because I didn't want to be, you know, the, that version because like, God forbid, if I sit down and they look at me and they think, oh, wow, you know, then what's going to happen? They, that they're going to disappear. So I did. I certainly, you know, I'm, I'm guilty of it now, even, you know, in the last few years going on dates and really minimizing the person that I am for fear of intimidating a man. And now it's just gotten to the point where I'm like, you know what, if they're going to be intimidated, then they're not my guy. Like, they're yes, not yes. That's not the right guy for you for sure. Yeah. And so, and that was, and that's been a, that is actually a really tough lesson for me to learn. And it's taken a number of years. Cause I'm like, well, but I could like that guy that doesn't have a good job and isn't successful and da, 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 and you know, is obviously not for me, but I could like him. It's like, no, Amber, like the guy that is your guy is going to worship the ground that you walk on because you're this amazing person. And because you've done the work on yourself to be this amazing person, you know, like I didn't just wake up and was like this person I've done all the work. So the guy who's meant for me is going to recognize that and is going to, is going to resonate with that. Absolutely. And it's, you know, it's really to be yourself completely on those dates. You know, we were just saying, um, we just did an episode on this idea, this like, feminine, that you should be bringing more feminine energy. We've been hearing that a lot from different coaches and we're like, oh, that, that feels to me like you should be inauthentic. Like that's what I, I hear when I hear that. And, you know, the real, the truth is that if you bring yourself, whoever that is, you know, then if he's not, if it doesn't work out, that's good. Then you're kind of weeding through it. Like that's not the right person. That's not the right person. And eventually you just, you have to trust that you will get to the right person. It's better than dragging along a person who's not right for you, you know, sure. for a longer period of time. Um, and if what I found, because I, I just had a really beautiful connection with someone recently, he was, his masculine allowed me to get into my feminine. So I showed up the same way that I show up to every single date, which is probably a little bit masculine, probably a little bit intense, but his energy allowed me to drop into the feminine. And yeah. by the end of the first date, I was sweet and soft and flirty and, you know, all of these feminine qualities that we're told we're supposed to show up with. Well, it's kind of hard to show up with that if you're not being held and supported and matched in someone else's energy in that. Yeah. And, and, you know, we're, we're taught about it or it's put into this little box where it's so black and white, like mm. who's the alpha, who's, you know, who's the beta. But the truth is that in a relationship, there's a synergy. So sometimes 
he's the alpha. Sometimes you're the alpha. Like it's just, it, it, especially if you're dealing with what, what, what I would consider like a power couple, like two strong people and strong women to just have a beta, I feel like would potentially get bored or it wouldn't, right. It wouldn't be a good match for them potentially over, although there could be some who love that, right. We all love different things, but also the alpha alpha all the time if they're fighting with each other. But if you have a synergy where mm -hmm. there's a harmony between the two of you, where sometimes he kind of swoops in and then sometimes you're going and doing your thing. Like that's the feeling of like, okay, I get to be myself and feel supported at the same time. Yeah, 100%. Um, so I, I mean, I have so many questions. <laughs> so you did all of this, you did this inner work. I, I saw the video and we'll, we'll also, you know, post in the um, show notes ways to, to be able to find you and, you know, to mm -hmm. find that video as well with you proposing to yourself, which I love. It's like, go and do it. Why not? And I love you being yourself, even if people didn't understand it. Mm -hmm. You know, I it think was, that that's bold. It was, yeah, it was, uh, it was more confronting than I expected it to be. And I was so shocked. Like I remember every single time I would have good friends that would look at me as though I was crazy. I'm like, no, but no, but look at what I've done. I've like been on this big journey and now I love myself. Like this requires celebrating. And the look on their faces was like, what are you talking about crazy? And I'm like, huh, does not, is not everyone all about this life? Like, and I remember being, um, yeah, very confused and a little bit confronted when people didn't really get it. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to tell everyone and see what everyone else thinks. And that's why I just made the video because I'm like, surely everyone else gets this. Yeah. And when, you, when you're doing something or you come to that reckoning, especially when it comes to like self-understanding and then you express it and you don't get mm. confusion and not support from other people, that can be that can be silencing, but that didn't happen with you. You're like, nope, I'm sticking with it. I'm going to still, you know, I'm going to put it out there. Like other people need to hear that. And, and that feels, you know, really in alignment with what you're saying in terms of like having done the work, right? It wasn't just, um, you know, cause some, if you hadn't done the inner work and you were just like, I'm just going to propose to myself. And there wasn't really that understanding of why you were doing it. I feel like it would be flimsy, but it wasn't. There was a, there's a foundation behind it that I'm hearing, which is very cool. Um, Absolutely. So you're out, you're out and dating now. Mm -hmm. Yes. I am. How's that going? Like with, um, I mean, I know how, well, how's it going in Australia? What are, I don't know what the, what the Switching? regulations are. Are you guys out and dating or is it more like video dating right now? What's, what's happening? Um, so I'm in Sydney. We are, we're okay at the moment. Half of the country shuts down, half isn't. So we're okay. okay. Um, but we may be going back into shutdown, a lockdown by the time this comes out, who knows? Um, it's so, okay. So maybe your audience, well, if your audience is a type personalities like me, let's talk about what I'm doing right now, which is, um, I'm, I'm turning the dating game into a goal like that I have to win. Cause I know that if I set myself a goal, I achieve goals. I'm very good like that. So, and dating for me, I, I absolutely hate dating. I, um, I'm deeply introverted and I'm very private. So for me to sit down on a first date and share openly about myself, it actually makes me super cringe. So, and also I've had a lot of these bad first dates where I sit down and go, Oh, well I'm running an empire and they go, Oh, and, and, and turn and run the other way. So, um, so I, I, I got back, so I've been traveling for about a year. So I got back to Sydney about, um, about a month ago and I wrote down on my goals board, 
you will find your husband in 10 dates. And so I wrote down uh, one to 10. So the numbers one to 10 and I said, and the universe and I had a good discussion about it. Cause I'm like universe, if I show up to 10 dates and that 10 proper dates, so I can't just do these little like, you know, like 10 actual men that could potentially be, you know, potential suitors. I'm like, universe, if I go out on 10 dates, you have to deliver me my husband. And we had a big chat about it. And we both agreed like, yep, yeah, cool. We're going to do that. So now I've turned it into less of this emotional, like, oh, dating is awful. I hate dating. When's it going to end? I'm going to be dating for the rest of my life. You know, which was what, where I was. Absolutely. I really don't like dating. Did I mention? I don't like dating. So <laughs> I've gone from there to turning it into a goal, which is, I like goals. I'm very good at achieving things. So um, I've had five dates. Yay. <laughs> and any, any, anyone who's potentially a second date? Um, I had a few second dates okay. with one suitor, which was really beautiful. And he's not emotionally available. So that's the end of that one. Okay. But it was a beautiful connection. And then, you know, now I'm just focusing on the next five dates and really just looking at as though it's a numbers game, which is not what I've ever done before. It's always been highly emotional for me. Yes. I love, I love what you're saying. So the, that mindset shift, we, you know, we talk about if you go into dating with like this kind of, um, the scarcity mindset, like I got it, even when you were saying before about hating dating and, and even that language, um, mm -hmm. I would, I know that you, I know that there are parts of dating that's uncomfortable. I'm, I'm in the middle extroverted, introverted. So I, right. I was there like a hundred percent. Um, and that was one of the shifts that I realized I had to make because it's hard to like ease into and like sit comfortably in this stage of, of the process, this part of the journey. If you're mm -hmm. like, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. I just want to get it done with, like this sucks, you know? Totally. So that like easing into like, how can I, and I, I feel like that goal thing is like a language, that's a language that you, that resonates with you. And also mm -hmm. it makes it into, there's a shift there where, where now it's, I don't want to say it's like a game, but it's like a, there's like a checklisty, like, I don't know, just, I love, I like it. Like it's work, it's a language that's working for you, which mm -hmm. I love. Yeah, exactly. It, it suits my personality and it, and it's, it's something that I feel comfortable with. Yeah. As you say, because I have a lot of, I had a lot of blocks around dating. Um, so now it's sort of, yeah, it's, it's definitely shifted the energy and, um, and even just, you know, before, if I went on a bad date, I'd come home and it'd be like, oh, well, that's it. I'm not dating for six months, you know, whereas now I'm like, cool, that was a bad date. You get to write that one on your board and you get to move on to the next one. And there's no right. emotion around it. Whereas before it would have, you know, be like, okay, well, I'm deleting all the apps. That's it. I'm finished. Yes. That all, right. Exactly. And there, you know, when you, we sometimes use the analogy of like when you're going to like the grocery store before a storm and like you have to pick, you just want to get out of there as quickly as possible and you have to get an apple and there's like not very many apples. You like pick an apple and kind of like brush it off or else you say, forget, I'm not getting any apples. Right. So like, it's that kind of like that scarcity. I want to get out of here as quickly as possible. I, I, I guess this looks okay. I'll take it home. Like you, you either ends up when you, when you kind of have that mindset, either ends up back alone, right? You shut it down and you're like, I'm not doing anything. Or you end up with the wrong person because you, you, you know, shave the bruises off or try to make the apple look better just so you can stop doing, yeah. going through the process. So the numbers, you know, just kind of eat like sitting with, okay, I'm going to, I'm just going to, 
go through this and see what's out there. And I love the conversation with the universe because I think for me, um, and also what we what we talk about is a lot of that that openness shift um, where you're like I'm, I'm checking in with the universe. I feel like when I I was a very closed off dater initially. Also, I hated it. I didn't really let guys in. I got hurt when I was younger. So this is a little bit of like how I got into this. Um, and so I decided that no guy was ever going to hurt me again. And because of that, I put up a lot of walls. Um, and I would go, I would date people, but I never let them in. There was never any vulnerability there. Um, and part of what let me move forward was this, just this idea of like, I would look around and see other people who found what I wanted and be like, I just, why don't I deserve that? You know, I deserve that just as much as the other person. And that kind of opens me up to, yeah, let's go. Like what, why wouldn't I get that? You know? Um, And that was in my conversation with the universe. We, we talked about all those things. I love it. Yes, and of it, course. When you, when you let the universe in, those are the conversations that you have for sure. And, we, and I agree. I was like, that was the same. I was like, no, I deserve this. I deserve true love. I deserve that love. Like I, I, you know, and I'm worthy of it and I deserve it now. And so we had all of the conversations around that and, 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 you know, and that's sort of part of doing the inner work as well. So, I, you know, I, I'm joking here when I'm saying, I'm, well, I'm not joking. I did actually sit down and talk to the universe, but you know, the conversation was around why can't I have that love? And so then that, that gets me into my subconscious of any old patterns, blocks, limiting beliefs, fears around why I can't have the, that love. So, it, so when I say the, the, the conversation, it was more around that, like, why can't I have that in my life right now? Okay. Here are all the reasons. And then journaling those reasons down and then, and then <clears throat> reframing those reasons or, or clearing that emotional charge around that reason as to why you can't have that in your life right now. And working through any of the other fears, blocks and limiting beliefs that I had around welcoming a life-changing love into my life right now. Yes. And, yes. and there was a lot, you know, there was a lot of fear, a lot of fear around, similar to you, being hurt in the past, a lot of fear around what I would have to give up. You know, if I, I, I mean, one fear that I just recently found was um, my, the narcissist and a lot of my boyfriends um, never wanted me to see my family. And uh, these days, my, fam- my three brothers, we all live in the same city, in the same suburb, and they are my best friends. So I see one of them every single day. We could not be any tighter as, a, as brothers and sisters, like they're absolute best friends. And one of the fears that I had were, was, um, well, if I get into a relationship, he's not going to let me hang out with my family because that's been my experience in relationship in the past. And obviously... I'm not going to get into a relationship if I believe that, right? Because obviously I'm not giving up my brothers for anyone. Right. So that was a belief system that I was carrying around up until really recently. And I discovered that during one of these conversations with the universe. And I was like, well, that is that true, Amber? It's like, no, that's actually not true. The person who you're going to match with is going to love that you're so close to your family. He's going to really, you know, really celebrate that with you. He's going to want you to go and see your family. Hi guys, it's Amy. It's time for a sponsor break. We'll be back very, very shortly. See you then. Hi, this is Amy. Are you successful, single, and not willing to settle? Are you ready to end the relationship patterns that you've fallen into once and for all? Are you ready to hold on to that self-love you know you have outside of a relationship, even when you're dating or in a relationship? If you're ready, Jen and I have a special announcement for you. 
we are offering a three-module course on doing the inner work now before going out to your next relationship so you can break those patterns of picking the wrong guy or acting like someone you don't even recognize when you're with someone else. And for a limited time, we're offering all of this gold for just $37. I'm telling you, this work that we do with our high-ticket clients is priceless, but we know that we're all stuck inside right now, and we know that we're hurting, and maybe you've decided to put dating on hold for a little while, but this is actually the best time for you to be focusing on your number one, and that is you. So grab hold of this program now before prices go up. Give yourself the gift of focusing on you, ending those old thought patterns, and get ready to show who you really are to those who are lucky enough to meet you. Go to www.successfulsinglefemale.com programs and click on the program Get ready for the next relationship, the inner work. Or you can click on successful single and not willing to settle at the bottom of our show notes, and that will take you to the program as well. Grab it while it's hot, ladies. Take some time to take care of you so when we can finally open up the doors and go back out dating, you are ready to roll. So, you know, uncovering all of those kind of fears and beliefs around why I wouldn't want that. And typically I find that it's, um, a belief system that's trying to keep you safe. So that belief system was absolutely trying to keep me safe. Like that was saying, no, 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 no. You're definitely not going to let anyone in because then you'll lose the three people that are closest to you. So I'm going to keep you right safe here, which seems like it's helpful, but obviously it's not helpful and obviously it's not accurate. So, you know, I had to work around releasing that. And, um, and, and so the, the process that I go through here is a process of, it's sort of something that I've developed over all of my therapies and kind of joined all of these um, therapies together. And it's sort of like um, NLP. Have you guys heard of that? Neurolinguistic. Uh-huh. And it's sort of like a blend of that. But what I do is um, I try to find the emotional charge of what that, that fear is. So I find that there's an emotional feeling sensation in my body whenever I try and get into that fear. So I, I call it chasing the pain. So I, the pain was you're going to lose your brothers. I'm like, okay, cool. Let's get into that pain. So I follow that pain to where I can find it in my body. And there's usually a sensation within my, you know, gut solar plexus kind of area. And then I experience that pain body. So I go, you're going to lose your brothers. When was the first time you were thinking you were going to lose your brothers? When did that, when did you decide that you're going to lose your brothers? And I sort of use semantics to uncover the subconscious programming around that. Um, and I try to experience physically all of that pain and that pain body because once it's experienced, it no longer exists. Mm. And I try to find the first instance of me feeling that particular type of pain. So I literally just ask my body, when did you, when did you decide this? Was it you know, when you were two, when you were three, when you were four? And I can usually count back until I can find the first instance Sometimes I have an actual memory of something that happened that I was like, oh my God, I'm going to lose my brothers. Other times I just know it was when you were young. And then there's like this incredible surge of emotion that comes up. I cry, I scream, wire, whatever it is. I release the pain. And then three seconds later, I feel lighter and brighter and I no longer have that fear ever again. I love that. And I love the, that you're explaining the inner work part as an ongoing process. So we, you know, you had the, the eight months of, of self-love, but like, then you get out there and like, you know, shit comes up again. <laughs> so like you have the tools and you're like, wait, what is that? Like, you'll go on a date and be like, 
why did I act that way? Or why did he say this? And why did I feel this way after he said that? And then you can kind of, you have now the tools from the work that you've done to be able to go back and be like, okay, what was this? Like, what is coming up? Why am I feeling off? You know, what are the blocks? And that's what this is all about. Like it's figuring out to not be guided by the blocks, but to be able to slow down enough in that and sit in that discomfort to move through it, to still get what you want on the other end, to not let those old protective messages get in the way of what you want. Mm-hmm, 100%. And I, and I, I, I just had an experience. I, I was just saying, I went on a couple of dates with a gentleman recently and an old program came up. He started acting in a way that I kind of had experienced before in a negative way. And old Amber would have been like, you know, when he sent a message through, I would have reacted and told him to delete my, you know, delete my number whenever speaking ever again. That was my reaction based on my experiences of it being in those situations in the past in dating environments. So he sent a particular type of message and I was about to be like, yeah, well, delete my number. And then I'm like, relax, Amber. Let's, uh-huh. let's assume that you're the sort of person that isn't attracting the kind of men that are acting shady. Let's assume that you're that kind of person because you've done all the work. So I handled that situation in that I was like, I don't want to be that person that is attracting that particular kind of man. I want to be the person that's attracting an A quality of man. So let's assume that I'm that person. If I am, how would that person respond to receiving a message like that? I love well, they, that. Yeah. And so, uh, and so I responded from that, from that energy. I was like, well, that person would respond with compassion and kindness and loving and support. And that's how I responded. And, and following that, I was like, you know what, Amber, it doesn't even matter if he was telling the truth or if he was being shady. What matters is that you just stepped into the kind of person that you want to become. And that's all that this needed to be. Yes. Cause when we're authentic and kind of really coming from that place, it's really secondary what ends up happening in these like dating situations and relationships. It's kind of like, you're gonna, you're going to end up where you need to, but the rest of it is just remaining yourself in the process. And we were just talking about how you can love yourself, but learning to be able to love yourself and know who you are and keep stay in that when you're around other people is a whole other level of growth. (laughs) Right. Because totally. I can like be in my room and be like, I know who I am. I know what I do. I like, you know, and then I could go around a bunch of people and just like, like shrink down into, to something else or put up like a front and get, I used to get like my, my coverage was always like super sarcasm, you know, like super yeah, sarcastic. Yeah. <laughs> and I had to learn like that was like a defense, you know, and that was not really who I was. And that was kind of covering up people seeing me, but it kept me safe. It kept me not, not vulnerable. Um, so I love that. I love hearing about the work that you've done and then how you're using it now. Um, mm. and, and I think like- that like you, you just get better at the pause. Yeah. So I'm, you know, I wasn't, I'm not saying I wasn't triggered when he sent me this potentially shady message. I was triggered, but rather than reacting, I paused and then fell into it and was like, well, how do I want to show up in this situation? And as a result, I came out of that just feeling so proud of myself. Whereas normally I would have, you know, thrown it, thrown a sarcastic comment back or shut him down and then left feeling like I wasn't, you know, wasn't good enough or left feeling like, Oh, I'm still that person, which would have made me feel, um, you know, wouldn't have made me feel good. So, um, 
yeah, I, I think you just you, you just get a little bit better at taking a pause and realizing like how do I want to show up in this situation? And then um and, and you know, you're always gonna get triggered. Like I'm the same. I, I'm sitting at home by myself going, I'm such an a you know, I'm so I've done all of the work, and then you step out into the real world or step out into a relationship and you're like, oh no, I'm still sitting triggered. <laughs> <Right. laughs> yeah, and and it's it's not about being perfect, but it's about you know, and, and the truth is the person that you, you, or if you choose like to, to end up with a person, the other person, they kind of get to see those triggers and they get to see like how imperfect we are. And we kind of figure it out. It's just, it is taking those breaths and being able to walk away and, and decide like, what did I like about this? What didn't I like? How can I fix it? You know, the same way you would, we're, we're able to do in other areas of our life. Like we're able to do in our friendships, we're able to do in our businesses, you know, it's, it's bringing that skill set into this area it's just it's such a weighted area because we were given so many messages we've been hurt so many times which is such a it's a mucky space to be in so it just involves a different level I feel like of work to really to to walk away and feel good but it sounds like like you're killing it oh I wouldn't know (laughs) even that space where you kind of sat in I mean thank god for text messaging you know Because yeah. you know, being in front of somebody or on the phone, it's a lot harder to take that space. But uh-huh. the text message, you can be like, mm, like, like you can write it out and then be like, no, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't send that. Um, yeah. So, anything else that you feel like you wanna you wanna share with us? Let us know. Hmm. I guess it's just that, like all of these things, you know, we all think that we're gonna have. Uh, self-esteem when we get the pay rise or we think that we're going to have self-confidence when we get um, you know promoted or we think that we're going to have self-love when we get the relationship but not that's not how any of these things work so the path to self-love is a path it's a journey and it's taken by uh, flexing your self-love muscle because it's a muscle it's something you need to practice every day and it's taken by just flexing it in small inspired action steps every single day so you know you're not going to wake up one day and be like, oh, well, the man proposed, so now I love myself because he loves me. It's not how it works. And you see so many relationships. They think that, I mean, the, the clincher that I always see is like the big act, right? You know, they think that once we get married, that'll fix the relationship. Well, no, it's not going to. It's still going to be the same relationship, only now you've got a, a wedding, like a like a marriage certificate. So um, I, I just think like, working on yourself in small inspired action steps when you're not in a triggered environment is the way that you build self-love. So if you're already in a relationship that has levels of toxicity, or if you're in, you know, some kind of environment, it's really hard to work on yourself and really build a self-love muscle in that environment. You know, I mean, I, I, I worked on my self-love stuff when I was super single (laughs) living by myself. And, uh, and it was a big priority each day. Like I remember there were days that, you know, I, I had a business to run, but I, there were days I would open up my laptop, stare at the laptop and be like, I just can't do this. And then I would go and sit in a bath for six hours and, and, you know, sit with my ugly shit for six hours at a day, you know, like it wasn't, there was nothing pretty about it, which I realized how indulgent that sounds to most people who has the time and luxury to sit in a bath for six hours. But for me, it felt like the most important thing that I had to do because I knew if I was, I knew if I hated myself to that extent, nothing good was going to come into my life. I was never going to be the level of success that I wanted. I was never going to have the relationship that I wanted. I was never going to make the money that I wanted if I was in so much self-loathing. So I yeah, just think- Yeah, and I think 
people might say that they may they might not have the time, but but what what else is there? You know, like why? How can you? What is what is why would it be worth it to go and have all the other things and not have this? You know, mm -hmm. this is the thing that we need is that self-love so that we're not allowing people into our lives and dragging us down so that we can have the things and find the love, but actually like welcome it in and feel it. Because if you don't have the self-love and somebody tells you they love you over and over again, you, you can't receive that. Um, and I have, I have glimpses now of what used to happen in my head. Like I, or, or if I'm speaking to someone who I, you know, you can tell like, Oh, this person hates themselves. And I, I flash back to how I used to speak to myself and it just breaks my heart. The, the, the shit that used to run through my head that I used to tell myself every day. And it's like, that's living in jail. That's like being in a prison, like being stuck in that mindset where you're just, you know, absolutely have no compassion, no love, no kindness to yourself. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. Like that's an absolutely awful way to live. And the majority of people are walking around in, trapped in that in, inside their own head, you know, beating themselves up over and over again, every single day. And, uh, you know, I think back to how it used to be and I'm like, Oh, thank God. I'm not that person anymore. Yeah. And it, and, you know, I think women tend to, not all of them, but a lot of women will go into a relationship and then it ends and it hurts. And then mm. they kind of sit until it stops hurting so much. And then they go into another relationship, mm -hmm. but that space doing the work that you're talking about in that space is so important to, so mm -hmm. you don't end up with the same guy again, <laughs> you know, like you don't, you don't end up doing the same things again. Like you don't end up in the same pattern like that. That inner work is just so, so essential. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 100%. Well, I loved connecting with you. Can you tell us a little, I know also you, Recently, I, I, I watched the first two episodes of your, your TV show. So, yes. Yeah, I did. I, I, I was like, ooh, I'm totally checking this out. I called my son and I'm like, look who I'm talking to tonight. <laughs> I got really excited. Good thing. So tell us about the show. So the show is called Dream Life and it follows the life of myself and a business partner setting up an e-learning academy in LA and, uh, and then our um, team of you know, hustlers that are all trying to make it in um, Los Angeles and there's celebrity guests. And um, yeah, it's, it's a wild experience to be on reality TV. I used to be on Project Runway here in Australia. So um, not my first uh, reality experience, but you know, I've never been on an American television uh, before. So that's pretty wild. Well, I love, I love your energy and your banter and the fact that you guys are like, how are we here? Like, what's going, you know, the kind of like, I love it. Like the kind of pinching each other that comes out in the first episode. I, I was all about that. Cause well, yeah, and that feels authentic to me. That feels like, you know. Yeah, it was cute. It was, it was fun. Obviously COVID's put a dampener on that whole situation, but you know, we yeah. are, we're, we're certainly, um, you know, hustling, I guess. Um, and then, and then also if you're for your audience, I have a program called the movement, which is 30 daily success rituals to change the way you think in order to live your best life. And the movement was born out of the work that I did to get to the place of proposing to myself. So every day I did one of these little five minute rituals that were easy, simple. I could fit them in around my life and they just worked on all of the areas of my life that I hadn't 
worked on. So we work on perfectionism, we work on resilience, we work on not being, uh, fear of being seen, fear of being heard. Um, we build self-compassion, we build self-worth. I give you permission to, to be a fabulous, glamorous, you know, whatever you feel like being yourself. Cause that was a program that I got in the fashion industry that, you know, you can be shiny, but you can't be too shiny. Mm. You don't want to wear the lipstick and the earrings. So, you know, and, and, and a lot of women get told that, you know, play it safe. Right. Don't wear anything too outrageous. Don't, you know, you don't want to offend anyone. Gosh. So um, we deal with all of those, um, all of the programming that we've been told as women in five minute rituals every day that are super easy to fit in around your life. And they just kind of highlight all the areas that you may have um, that may need a bit of work. Awesome. And where can they find that, Amber? You go to amber.courses. You'll be able to check it out there. Fantastic. All right, guys. And I will also put a link to that in our show notes. Amber, thank you so much for coming on and chatting. It was like, I love, I love talk. I feel like we're, when I find somebody else who's on the same like wavelength and plane and, and vision in terms of why we are here and not bending and pretending that you're somebody that you're not. And again, it's a journey, not not a destination. So not to say that I don't go out there and pretend I'm somebody else on occasion, <laughs> but totally. that you know the importance of that, right? Because it's so, some of this work is easy to do, but it's also just as easy not to do. And mm. when it's not done after a while and we fatigue in that area, you know, I compare it to like going to the gym. If you, mm. you don't go to the gym once, work out and expect to be like buff and muscular, right? You have to go you know, and have a routine that you're going. And then at the same, and then at the end, you also have to have maintenance. Like if then at the end you get muscles and then sit on the couch again, guess what? They're going to go away. And it's the same thing with our emotional muscles and, and um, you know, how we are feeling about ourselves. That's like a, it, there's a maintenance to it. Um, mm -hmm. But I think speaking to you, it's, uh, I love that, that you've dedicated yourself to doing that, that you're sharing it with other people. And it's, it was great to connect with you. Yeah. Thank you so much. I, I agree. I love, I love the message that you're sharing to the world and with your audience. And it's just so important. So, you know, we all need more people like you that are willing to share and willing to have these conversations. So thank you for the work that you're doing and thanks for letting me connect with your audience. And if anyone's listening and comes and finds me on the gram, make sure you let us know that you found me on Amy's podcast. Awesome. All right. Have a great day guys. Thank you for listening to Successful, Single, and Not Willing to Settle, the podcast. Can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Successful Single Female. Check out our website at www.successfulsinglefemale.com or check us out on YouTube at Successful, Single, and Not Willing to Settle. Have a wonderful day and don't forget to not settle. This is Amy. Are you successful, single, and not willing to settle? Are you ready to end the relationship patterns that you've fallen into once and for all? Are you ready to hold on to that self-love you know you have outside of a relationship, 
even when you're dating or in a relationship? If you're ready, Jen and I have a special announcement for you. We are offering a three-module course on doing the inner work now before going out to your next relationship so you can break those patterns of picking the wrong guy or acting like someone you don't even recognize when you're with someone else. And for a limited time, we're offering all of this gold for just $37. I'm telling you, this work that we do with our high-ticket clients is priceless, but we know that we're all stuck inside right now, and we know that we're hurting, and maybe you've decided to put dating on hold for a little while, but this is actually the best time for you to be focusing on your number one, and that is you. So grab hold of this program now before prices go up. Give yourself the gift of focusing on you, ending those old thought patterns, and get ready to show who you really are to those who are lucky enough to meet you. Go to www.successfulsinglefemale.com programs and click on the program Get ready for the next relationship, the inner work, or you can click on successful single and not willing to settle at the bottom of our show notes, and that will take you to the program as well. Grab it while it's hot, ladies. Take some time to take care of you so when we can finally open up the doors and go back out dating, you are ready to roll.